Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand with me this morning? Come on, let's pray together. Let's stand across this place. Hallelujah. Come on, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your presence in this place. Come on, open up your mouth. I want you to pray. Come on, ask the Lord to just come and open up your heart to receive. Ask him to come and meet you right where you are. He's here in this place. Jesus, we thank you that you're here, that you're walking these aisles, that you know every need that's represented. You see every heart, every life, every person, every situation. So we invite you, Jesus, to just come, Lord, into our space. Come, Lord, into our, invade our personal space this morning. Come bring healing. Come bring restoration. Freedom, Lord, this morning. Every need, every person. Lord, I thank you that not one person will leave this place the same way they came. Lord, that you would invade. Lord, you will invade their space right now, their life, their situation. Lord, that you'll show up in a miraculous way for them today, this morning. Hallelujah. Lord, for every person that's watching online, that healing power will flow into the homes of those who are watching, tuned in, Lord, online. Come on, I need you all to agree with me. I need this to be a place of faith and agreement of prayer this morning. Come on, I, I don't need you to be lazy and caught in your selfish, self-centered ways. I need you to press in and grab hold of the garment of the Lord today and be changed. Come on, grab hold of him for someone else if you can't do it for yourself. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that people that are watching online today will be impacted by your presence and your power right now invading their home. Lord, that you'll walk into those spaces. Lord, walk into their homes. They'll know your peace and your joy right where they are. Healing will flow into their bodies right now. Lord, those who are sick and watching, be raised up in Jesus' name. Lord, those with illness and disease, Lord, I thank you they're being raised up right now. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that broken bones are being healed, mended right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your touch. Miracle working power happening in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I really believe that we're in an hour and a season where the Lord wants to do incredible things in the earth. He is doing incredible things in the earth. That there's a harvest of souls happening all around us. That He's pouring out His Spirit all around us. And if you're hungry, you can participate. So, so here's the thing. I know, I know that when you, you listen to people talk at you all week long. I know that you're, you're listening. You listen to people talk at you all week long. You have things happening in your life. All of those things. But I want you to tune. You need to activate your brain and your inner man, your spirit man this morning. Just tune in. And I, I pray that by the, the power of the word and the Holy Spirit that somehow something will get deposited in you this morning. I, I am a firm believer that the Lord is doing incredible things. It's happening all around us. The testimonies, what do you, you know, just in mass. Awakening is happening all around us. You can be seated if you can, or you can stand. doesn't matter. I'm going to stand. 
I, I really believe the Lord is up to something right now, unprecedented in the earth. I'm not just saying that because of what's happening in Israel. I'm not just saying that because of what's happening in the world affairs with wars and rumors of wars. And the, the, you know, if you pay attention, the Arab nations are trying to bring, there, there's an effort to bring unity and yet there's so much still division, it, all the things, it, what's happening in Israel. I never thought that there would be a day in which we live that we would see in America people speaking out against Israel. Uh, but we're seeing it. Um, it's, it's quite interesting to see what's happening. You know, when you read end time prophecy and you see the nations of the world encircling Israel and coming against Israel, you know, it's, it's mind-boggling, or at least it has been up until present day, to think that that could actually happen. Um, but it's, we're seeing it. We're starting to see all of those all of those things transpire around us. I got good news for you. In the middle of all of this, the point is, is that Jesus is coming back. At all points, they're all signs. They're all testim testimonies to the, what Jesus said. He's coming back, and I believe it's going to happen soon. But before that happens, before that trumpet sounds, before the dead in Christ rise first, and then those of us who are alive and remain, before that happens, before that day happens, something else has to happen in the earth, and we're seeing the beginnings of it. And that is the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit and, and awakening, I believe, is going to transpire before the coming of the Lord. I think, I think there's going to be a couple of things that happen with that. One, I think that people are going to be uh, born again that, that we look at and say they never get born again. That could never happen. And, and there would be just a, there's going to be an, in a harvest of people that we consider to be in the church, they'd be the outcast. If you look at Jesus' ministry, when Jesus showed up, you saw, you know, you see John the Baptist baptizing in the River Jordan. This was a sign and a wonder. This was a, he was, the Bible calls him a voice in the wilderness crying out. It, he was a sign and a wonder. It was a testimony to what was coming. He was preparing the way the Bible says of the Lord. He was a voice in the wilderness. And Jesus comes, and, and, and when, when Jesus starts ministering, he didn't go after the church people. He went after the unlikely, the unruly, the outcast, the people we would never... Come on now. He went after the broken, the people that were... Okay, we'll just name them. They were abusers and idolaters and weren't even Jewish hookers right that's who he was going after he wasn't going he didn't go down and start first church of Jesus 
and start stealing people from other churches and proselyting from other churches and other synagogues. Hey, I'm starting a new church. I've planted a new church. Come see the latest trend in my church. Come on now. That's not what he did. He went out into the highways and the byways and he found, he went out into the streets and he found the hurting and the broken and met them right where they were. I realize that Cultures change and life looks different, but the point is still the same, is that Jesus is going after the hurting, the broken, the lost. Heather and I were, so this is part one of what I believe that Jesus is doing and what's happening. Heather and I were watching, I don't, I don't even know her name. I don't keep up with Kat who? Kat Von D. See, I don't keep up with all these people. Y'all know who she is? Yeah, yeah. So she was, she's, she's the tattoo artist, which that, she was on the LA, LA Inc. Thank you, Nicole. <laughs> she was one of the stars in LA Inc. She got born again and she got baptized and put her baptismal video on the... She's attending this little Baptist, 10-member Baptist church in Indiana. She moved her family out of LA, couldn't deal with all of that, got moved to Indiana of all places, little town, and she's attending this. And she posted her... I thought it was awesome. She posted her baptismal video, and uh, <laughs> you see all of her witch friends in church watching her get baptized. All of all of her lost friends come to church to see her get baptized, and she was sharing. She had a video posted recently, just addressing her baptism. Unlikely person. And, and, she, she, and she said, I don't, I'm not trying to be the poster child for faith. She said, I know that that's not me. I mean, she was as real as like, I was like, this girl got it. Like, I don't know where she got it, but she got it. She got the real deal. And it was genuine. And she said, she talked about, you know, she expected her, the attack and the, and the um, anger to come from her atheist friends and from her followers who were atheist and anti-God. She said there was some, but she said the most criticism came from Christians about how she was baptized, the, the logistics of how she was baptized. Her hands didn't go all the way under the water, so she wasn't fully baptized. Or how could you bring your, your witch friends to church? Or what about all of your tattoos and all of the things? So friends, I say all that as an example of one, Jesus is going after the unlikely. He always has, he always has. And if you're born again here this morning, you and I have a responsibility to join him in the journey. You and I have a responsibility to join him in the journey, to reach the lost. And, and listen, I, I don't think Night of Hope is, I, I'm gonna talk briefly about Night of Hope here. I don't think that Night of Hope is the fullest extent of that. I'm not saying put all of your eggs, haha, into Night of Hope. No pun intended. That shouldn't be the only way that you reach the lost. But it's good practice ground. It's going to be a great practice ground to, to minister, to find your one person at Night of Hope that's hurting worse than you are and love on them and help them come to know Jesus. It'll be your opportunity, I promise. There are people who are hurting and broken. They'll be there. 
The second thing that I, I think is, is going to happen, I don't think I know this is biblical, is the Bible says that there will be a great falling away. That at the same time that there's a, it, this is how it always happens. You see it in Jesus' day. You see it repeated in history. That at the same time there's a great harvest of souls, at the same time there's a great falling away of those who are in the church, religious, who shipwreck their faith. And the reason for that is because they get offended by the outpouring. The reason the falling away, people, it's not because of some gross sin or immorality. Those things happen. But that's, that's not the great... The Bible describes that the love of God waxes cold in their heart. They get offended by the things of the Lord. There, there's no longer a love and a passion for Him, but that love and that passion always turns into offense. When you don't keep the flame alive, when you don't keep the passion alive, it's the same in marriage. If you just think about in the context of marriage, if you don't keep the love, right, the passion, what happens? You become easily offended in your marriage. You become easily offended with the other person because love overlooks a multitude of sins. So when the love, right, grows cold, you begin to see God through a lens that doesn't exist. You see him through eyes of offense and hurt. God, you let me down. Why did you do this? And then the outpouring drives people away. People who have lost their passion, they start seeing the cat whoever's of the world, right? Well, why does she get saved? Why would God do that for her and not save my children or work in my family? And we view it through. So at the same time that there's a great outpouring, there's a great falling away. I want to, I want to implore you today. I, I had an entirely different message planned this morning than where I'm going. It is your time. It is your time. It's your time to not be caught off guard by the sorrows of this life. It's your time to not be caught off guard by the wars and the rumors of wars and the end time signs all around us. It is your time to step up and be the person, the man, the woman that God has called you to be, to reach the lost, to preach the gospel, to love the hurting and the broken. It's your time to walk in the anointing and the power and the gospel that God's called you to. It's your time. It's your time. I want to read in, in John. It's up to y'all whether you stay. I like it. It's up to you. John, say, I was talking to them, not you. You, you have to stay. <laughs> in, John, in John 16, I, want to, I, I just want to capture just for a few moments the idea that it's time. Jesus said in John 16, These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. 
He's aware, Jesus is aware that he, his departure is soon coming. And he gives to his disciples the warning signs and the kind of the, how to navigate what's coming. I'm leaving. Here's what you need to do. I'm telling you these things so you don't stumble. In other words, he was well aware that the opportunity to stumble was coming. He was aware that he was leaving and that there was a season change in their life. Things were changing for them. And he wanted them to be prepared. Today, you and I, I believe this word is, is still so true for you and I today. Jesus saying, I'm telling you these things because I don't want you to stumble. I want you to walk in the Spirit. I want you to walk in victory. I want you to walk in faith. I want you to walk in the things that I've called you to. I don't want you to stumble. I want you to walk. I want you to walk. Can you say walk with me? I want you to walk with me. I want you to walk with me. I want you to walk in the things that I've called you to and to not stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. The time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. Are we not in those days that people are murdering Christians in the name of God? And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, everybody say it's time, you may remember that I told them to you. You know, I love, I love all the passages in Scripture about the end times. I love, you know, I was reading through just during the offering some of Jesus' parables about the last days. I love the, I love the parable of the, of the ten virgins. I love the, the contrast there. And by the way, uh, you know, if, if Bible metrics are correct, 50% aren't going. We, re, we repeatedly see that number one taken, one left, five foolish, five half. If we were to look in the congregation today and split in half, half going, half not. I love, I love reading the stories and in seasons where we find ourselves like right now in the world history, we are reminded of what, of what Christ said. It's easy for us to remember about the parables and the things that he's told us about the end times, but we need to remember why he's told us those things. It's not just for a few years or a segment of history. He tells us these things so that we don't stumble. He wants you to walk every day, not just in a season. Right now, the world is aware, more so than ever before, about the prophecies, about Jesus' coming, about, about the name of Jesus. Why? Because that's what's on the world's mind right now. Israel and end-time prophecy, and the church is talking about it. People are talking about it. And there's a stirring out there about this. But then we become like the five foolish virgins, and we, well, all of them actually, I guess, did, but they all fell asleep. Right? We get lulled to sleep and we forget what Jesus was telling us. And so we have to remember that this is the time that Jesus spoke about. If this is the time that Jesus spoke about, then what's possible? 
If this was the end times, if this, how do you know, pastor, if this is really the last days? Well, we don't know. (laughs) We don't have a calendar date from heaven. Gabriel didn't come to me this morning and tell me that on, on, what is today? The 23rd at 10 a.m., Tomorrow morning, there's going to be a trumpet sound and Jesus is coming back. I'd love to have that information. I could make a lot of money. And there's been a lot of people through history that have tried to do that. Made money off of stupid church people. Gullible. Sorry, not stupid. Gullible is the word. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. My, my wife is trying to help filter me over here. It doesn't work. But if Jesus said that these are the last days, then what is possible for you and I? What is possible in this season? What is possible in your family? What is possible in our community? What's possible in the Great Lakes? What's possible in Ohio? What's possible? What could God do with Celebration Church? What what could He do with the people that are in this room this morning? What could He do if you would sell out 110%, if you would just sell out once and for all, What could he do? Don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth. What could he do? It's time. It's your time. And he said, these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going away. I'm going away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. I want to just capture that just for a moment because we live again in a time that is sorrow-filled. Even for the believer, we live in a time that, that people are turning because of the world situation, the uh, economy, job, all the things, but there's sorrow, health, disease, all the things. It's not a, we're not in a season where everyone's, whoo, look at me, I'm making money, I have a new home, I have a new car. People are look, trying to find ways to save money and to cut expenses and uh, find all the things, right? And if we're not careful, we can become sorrow-filled instead of joy-filled. Does anybody hear me this morning? We can be sorrow-filled at what we see around us instead of joy-filled at the hope that waits on the horizon for us. We can be sorrow-filled because we see what's transpiring in the world. We can be sorrow-filled because we see what's, what's happening. But if you can just look past the economy, if you can look past what's happening in the world, look past the election, look past politics, look, look over the horizon, and I can see joys coming in the morning. If, I, if, you could just, if you can just get past what's happening in the moment, I see the joy of the Lord, the hope of glory is coming. So Jesus said, I'm telling you that he didn't, He didn't beat them because they were sorrowful. He didn't rebuke them because they were sorrowful. But he offered them hope. He gave them the words of truth. He said, I tell you the truth. 
It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, let me just pause. Tell somebody next to you, say, it's to your advantage. It's to your advantage you're going through what you're going through. It's to your advantage you find yourself where you're at. It's to your advantage because you and I have been given a helper. We've been given a helper. And we don't know, the Bible says in Romans 8, that we don't know how to pray. We are filled with weakness, but we have a helper. We have a sunanti lambanami. We have an allos paracletos. We have an helper who has come to wrestle with us in the middle of our tribulation. We have someone that's come. He's not just a Holy Ghost, ghost, woo, spooky ghost at Halloween time. He's a person. He's the third person of the Trinity. God himself has come. The Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit has come. The one who brooded on the waters at creation. The one who was present at creation, making the, that nothing Something out of nothing. That same Holy Ghost is here with us today. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go so that the Holy Ghost might come. The helpers come. He's come to help you be a witness. He's come to empower you to be a witness. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you shall be my witnesses. He'll give you power. He's given you boldness. He's given you courage. He'll help you in the middle of a perverse generation. He'll help you in a desperate generation. He'll help you in a broken season. He'll help you in the mess and the, and the, and the craziness of this world. The Holy Ghost has come. It's to your advantage, Jesus said. It wasn't just Jesus. I want you to think about Jesus ministering, his ministry and all that he was doing. Acts 2.33 says that he had been given the Holy Spirit and was going about dealing with the works of the devil, healing all that were oppressed. This same Holy Spirit has come to help you and I in this life. You don't have to continue on. I want you to hear me. You don't have to continue on broken. You don't have to continue on in pain and issues and all the things. You know, I find that we, we become so self-centered. We need to be God-centered. <laughs> We need to be other-centered. It doesn't mean that we're not aware. We have to be self-aware to grow. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where you're self-consumed. Your problems, your issues, your brokenness. All you see in front of you is your world. The Holy Spirit wants to help you reach those who are hurting and broken worse than you are. One of the best ways to get your eyes off yourself is to say, Holy Spirit, help me to just find the one. Help me to find the one that's broken. And you begin to love and minister on them. The Holy Spirit has come. It's to your advantage, Jesus said. Now I want to continue on because he, he tells us what the Holy Spirit's going to do. He said the helper will not 
come to you if I don't depart. But if I depart, I'll send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin. He is the convictor, not you or me. His job is to convict, right? That's his job. We preach Christ. We love, we give the word, and the Holy Spirit convicts. The conviction is, how does conviction happen? We know this by our own experience, that the light of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is so good at his job. He illuminates the sin and the depravity in our lives. Those that are broken, you can preach Christ all day long. Tell them, Jesus, 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 all day long. But unless the Holy Spirit draws them, right? Unless the Holy Spirit, we need to rely on the Holy Spirit. We, we joke now about Carol's eight-step card. You can have an eight-step card how to reach the lost. But unless you depend on the Holy Spirit... You just have an eight-step card, right? Unless the Holy Spirit illuminates the gospel and convicts them of their sin, you just have an eight-step card. It's good information. Some of you here today, you've got great information, but you've got to learn how to walk with the Holy Spirit. Amen. So he convicts the world of sin and of righteousness. Not just that you're a sinner, not just that, just that they're broken, but how they can be made whole. And then the judgment of sin, not that they're just sinners, can be made whole and live a righteous life, but Christ paid the penalty for their sin. Because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot hear them or bear them now. <laughs> Has anybody ever said to you, I got a lot to tell you, but I'm not going to tell you right now? Does that frustrate anyone else? Just me? However, when the Spirit of truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. So walking in the Spirit, dependent on the Spirit... It's your time. How do you walk this out? How do you walk out this season of your life? How do you walk out in truth all the things that God has for you? You have to rely on the Holy Spirit. He leads you and guides you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. I, I often say that the Holy Spirit's like the great Google search of God's wisdom. God is vast, full of knowledge. We can't even begin to comprehend the knowledge, the wisdom, the truth of, of who God is and what He contains. I mean, there's just the reality. If you just think about the realities of creation and how long science has been trying to understand the depths of the truth of God in creation. And, and they think it's still all man-centered and Big Bang and all these things and, and don't acknowledge God. And they've spent so much time doing this. The God is vast in truth. And the Holy Spirit makes that truth accessible to you and I. So when you don't know what to say, or what to do, or the next step to take, 
Pray in the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Spirit. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Allow Him to illuminate truth on the inside of you. If you're struggling with sin, pray in the Holy Ghost. If you're struggling with a family member, don't know what to do about it, pray in the Holy Ghost. If you have a job decision that you have to make, pray in the Holy Ghost. Allow the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to you. If you have a court date coming up and you got into the mess all by yourself, the Holy Spirit would be great at getting you out of your mess. Listen to the truth of God. Keep your mouth shut and listen to the great counselor, the great advocate. Listen. If you're dealing with addiction, the truth of who God is can show up in your life by the Holy Ghost. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Let Him fill your life. Let Him saturate your life. Say, Pastor, I've heard this before. Great, hear it again. This is how you walk in this season. This is how you walk in victory, living in the Spirit. This was so important to Jesus that he told his disciples before he left, after telling them of what was to come, the Holy Spirit is coming. He implored them not to leave Jerusalem until they had received. This was so important. It was a command, don't leave Jerusalem. You need the Holy Spirit. He'll guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will let you know things to come. That's so awesome. So not only does he reveal truth, he speaks on the authority of God. He's God and he speaks on the authority of God. He doesn't speak on his own. He's the the Holy Spirit. this, This again tells us the Holy Spirit is part of the Godhead, the Trinity, the triune God, that, they, that He is part of the Godhead and He speaks on the authority of God. He's not speaking something that contradicts the Word of God. And He's not speaking something that contradicts what God has said or who God is. They all align. So the Holy Spirit won't tell you to do something that contradicts the Word of God. That's why Jesus said this here. He he doesn't speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He's revealing God to you. So if you hear something that you think is the Holy Spirit, and it's not who God says he is in his word, it ain't the Holy Ghost. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's your own ideas. It's not the Holy Spirit. So if you think that the Holy Spirit has told you to do XYZ and it contradicts the word of God he didn't tell you when the Holy Spirit speaks he speaks on the authority of God and he will tell you things to come the Holy Spirit wants to tell you how to prepare for things ahead if you listen to the Holy Spirit he'll tell you how to prepare for your day how to prepare for life, what's going on in your life. He cares about all those little details. Now, that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit needs to tell you how to put clothes on in the morning, how to take care of yourself. If you need the Holy Spirit to tell you how to put clothes on and and what to wear, you're in trouble. You You need to grow up. 
You say, Pastor, you're just making a joke. No, I'm serious. I've heard this before. The Holy Spirit has to tell people how to, you know, brush their teeth in the morning. And I'm being trivial on some of these things. But the reality is I've heard similar things before. If the Holy Spirit has to tell you how to do those things, you need to mature. If that's where you're at in life and the Holy Spirit has to tell you how to brush your teeth, then praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit will tell you how to brush your teeth if you need it. He'll meet you where you are. But as a pastor, I'm going to tell you, grow up. Mature. When, when I'm going to pick on Jonathan. When Jonathan was a baby, I had to put diapers on him. And as he got older, we had to teach him how to poop and pee in the toilet. And as he's gotten older, we've had to teach him how to wipe himself and take care of himself and brush his teeth. And now that he's seven, I don't have to do all that. He knows how to take care of himself. And he's seven. If you're growing up in the things of the Lord, I shouldn't have to stand up here and tell you every week how to... How to live at peace with one another. How to speak words of life. I shouldn't have to tell you every week that we need to walk in unity. I shouldn't have to tell you every week you got to read your Bible and pray. I shouldn't have to tell you every week you got to come in ready to worship. When we come together, we're going to worship together and pray together and sow in our offering. We shouldn't have to belabor the... We should come ready to give. Joyous to give. I shouldn't have to... Here, here's why we give... Come on, don't shout me down when I tell you the truth. Just trying to help you. If you need the Holy Spirit to tell you all those things, I, we have a nursery, and they're really good at changing diapers. You're well beyond that stage. That's what Paul meant when he said, you should be eating the meat of the Word by now. Not dealing with the elementary doctrines all over again. You ought to be teachers. I'm, I, and actually, I'm looking around the room at a room full of people who ought to be teachers. It's true. You've been at this long enough. You ought to be having some sort of small group or something going on at your house telling people about Jesus. So I don't know what I would say. You've got the helper. You've got the, that, let's go back to exhibit A. You have the Holy Ghost living on the inside of you. You have everything that you need. You have everything that you need. It's your time. It's your time. So, he'll show you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine, and he'll declare it to you. Woo! The Holy Spirit wants you to have all that the Father has. Well, I'm glad three of you agreed. <laughs> the Holy Spirit wants you to have all that the Father has. 
He wants you to experience all of the compassion, all of the joy, all of the peace, all of the blessings, all of the goodness, all of the faithfulness, all of the, the foreknowledge, all of the attributes of who God is. The Holy Spirit wants you to have all of those things. And so it even gets better than that. The Father wants you to have all of those things, and He wants you to have them so much that He said, Holy Spirit, this is part of your job, who you are, to take this and make sure they know it. They have access to declare it to them. You have to want it. He'll tell you all day long that love's available, but you have to want it. He, he can tell you all day long that joy's available to you, but you have to want it. He can tell you all day long, right? You have to want the things that God has made available. If you are more appeased by the things of this life than you are of God, then you'll have the things of this life. But if you want what God has to offer you, if you want the goodness, if you want the joy, if you want the peace, if you want the faithfulness, if you want all of those, they're available without measure to you. They're available without measure. And when Heather was talking about drinking in of the Spirit, that's what she's talking All There is an endless river of delight in the Holy Ghost. There is an endless river, rivers of joy, rivers of peace, rivers of goodness, rivers of revelation, rivers of God are available to you. If you'll open up your spiritual mouth and just have a drink, you might be just able to just get in a teaspoonful, or you might be one of those who jump on out into the, the river uncrossable. But wherever you are, just drink. Just drink it in. Ask God to stir a hunger in your heart for the things of God. Ask Him to stir a hunger in your heart. Ask Him to stir a hunger in your heart for all that He has for you. And the Holy Spirit will come and, and you, as you worship Him, as you worship Him, you'll be worshiping. And He'll catch you off guard and He'll begin to speak to you. If you're, not, if you're just singing words, if you're just singing words, you're not worshiping. If you're just, if you're just checking the box, that's not really pressing in. But when you do, when you really worship and you really press in and you say, Lord, I love you. I need you, Jesus. And you just begin to say, the Holy Spirit will come and he'll begin to reveal to you. He'll talk to you about the love of the Father. And then if, if as you just worship, he'll, he'll start to tell you about his joy. He fills your mouth with laughter and your tongue with shouts of joy. And then all of a sudden that verse leaps on the inside of you. It's not just a concept or an idea that God fills my mouth with laughter. All of a sudden you start to laugh. He fills your mouth with laughter. It's the reality. And you start laughing and you're like, why am I laughing? Because he's a joyful God who sits in the heavens and laughs. And he wants you to have laughter and joy that simple. 
or you're in a really bad situation and you just need peace. The world is spinning all around you. And, and in that moment of time, he'll come in his peace and fill you with your... Now, why is all this important? Because this is God has available for you. And if he has this available for you, and you experience it, then we, we can follow along with what Paul said, and we've been given the ministry of reconciliation to others. And the very comfort and things that we've received from God, we can then very easily give to others. It's really hard to give joy away if you've never experienced it. Let me tell you about the joy of the Lord. You need the joy of the Lord. I can tell you about the joy of the Lord because I've ha 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 experienced the joy of the Lord on a regular. Not just a one time, 10 year ago experience, on a regular. Ha ha. <laughs> I can tell you about the peace of God because I experience it on the regular. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha Peace like a river. Right? So when you receive and you drink, the river that's flowing from the throne starts flowing into your life. Right? And then you start getting saturated. And then guess what? The more you take in and receive, there's a thing called overflow. Everybody say overflow. Now, now, some of you have been trying out this drinking thing a little bit. You've been getting the little spoonfuls. Let me tell you, a teaspoonful of the river is not overflow. <laughs> Going up to the river of God and saying, <laughs> that's, okay, so you got a good laugh. But that won't, that won't overflow. <laughs> you come down to the altar, lay on the floor, power of God hits you, lay on, woo, glory. You lay on the floor for 30 seconds and get up. That's a little teaspoonful. <laughs> but when you dive on into the river and the river starts flowing in you and through you and changing you and his joy starts impacting your life and all of a sudden your frown is turned upside down and, and all of a sudden you can't just help but talk about Jesus and his goodness you can't help but love people because there's joy and love and peace flowing out of your life. You're no longer just a cranky, crusty Christian checking all the boxes because that's what you're supposed to do. You have joy in your life and yeah, people think you're crazy because you're just happy and you're, you dance around the sanctuary like a crazy man trying to tell people about the joy of the Lord and how great it is and they think you're nuts. But it's okay that they think you're nuts because they look pretty miserable themselves. And I'd rather be happy and dance around the sanctuary in the joy of the Lord. Because I'm going to do that for all eternity. <laughs> Heaven does not look like this. A 
mad at you. Pastor Grace, you just couldn't sing my song this morning. I'm mad at you. I'm serious, y'all. Heaven won't be like that. You will not be telling Gabriel how to play his instruments. And you won't tell Jesus how to make the gold streets look better. And you're not going to sit there looking at your spouse saying, I wish I was somewhere else this morning than sitting next to you. Ain't going to happen. Y'all know it's true. The Holy Spirit has come. The Helper has come. He's come to help you be happy and joyful in the things of the Lord. He's come to help you find delight in the things of God. He's come to take the things of the Father and declare them to you so that you'll know what's available, so that you can have a hunger for and a passion for the things of God. You can pursue the things of God and not the things of this world. You can pursue the joy of the... What would happen if you pursued joy in your marriage again? I think they turned my microphone off. Wow. What? <laughs> Woo. Jesus. What would happen? What would happen? Now, I'm not talking about carnal joy. I'm talking about God joy. You can put God joy At your job, I'm gonna find I'm gonna find the joy of the Lord at my job. Who, Lord Jesus? <laughs> I this is how I've become an expert drinker: is finding the joy of the Lord at my job. <laughs> Some of you will go home and figure that out later. <laughs> joy you say is pastoring that bad no it's the people <laughs> pastoring's great <laughs> hearing from the Lord talking to him he's good I'm great but when you when you see the carnality of people all day long and you work with you gotta learn that's not that's not where I live I can't live there I can't live looking at your faces. That's what God, it's not my fault. God told Jeremiah that. Don't look at their face. I can't do that. I can't come in on a Sunday judging my success or failure as a pastor by whether or not you give me a five-star rating today. I know I'm going to be at the one star today. I already know. <laughs> That's not why I do what I do. <laughs> Sorry if I burst your bubble. We'll send you a survey later. You can fill it out. Some of you will get that later, too. I'm just full of jokes today. Y'all are wonderful. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the online people who aren't here. I'm not talking about you. The online people need to be in the building. That's who I'm talking about. And online people, I ain't talking about you either. I'm talking about your neighbor, so just get over it. <laughs> just get the joy of the Lord. I mean, just press in. Declare. Just what, what is the Father declaring over your life? What is the Father declaring over your life? 
You know, the I last week I, I was just overwhelmed. I mean, just the Lord, just overwhelmed. Just what the Lord was just saying in the in the service last week about um, just praying for Israel and standing with Israel, praying for Israel. It doesn't mean that we don't pray for the the victims and those that are having to deal with the atrocities of Hamas on, on the Palestinian side as well. I mean, the reality is, is that Hamas is causing great terrorism, not just to the Israelis, but also to the Palestinians and the people that live there. This is, it's on both sides of this. Notice the war is not with Palestine, it's with Hamas, just FYI. But anyway, as the as I'm hearing, you don't hear that in the news. You, you, it's all still about Palestine. Anyway, and I'm hearing all of this, and I was just—I just started thinking about, you know, it was one of those suddenly moments where the Lord stepped in, and it, the, the the Israelites, the Israelis, the Jewish people, whatever you want to call them, Israel, they, there was sin in the camp, and obviously there was judgment that came, but. It reminded me of the end time prophecies and all of how God is dealing with the, the Jewish people and redemption. I was overwhelmed just by the reality that, of God bringing redemption to his chosen people. That, that this looks absolutely horrific and it is. And we haven't seen anything like this since the Holocaust, I get that. But the, the reality of this is God bringing redemption in the middle of a horrific situation to his people. And I was just overwhelmed by that. And just the Holy Spirit, just that wasn't just a thought. It wasn't a cognitive thought. It was the Holy Spirit just in the, and I was, I found myself as, even as we were worshiping, it was before Rabbi Eric even, even preached and shared. I was just found myself in worship as we're singing about the God of Israel, overwhelmed about the God of Israel. That this God that we're worshiping, we're singing, he was the God of Israel first. And then to us, the Gentile, and just thinking and overwhelmed at the goodness of God in the middle of a horrific situation. God, in the, in the he'll catch you off guard while you're driving down the road or you're doing your thing. He'll just catch you off guard and the Holy Spirit will speak to you. If you're walking in the Spirit, if you're walking with the Spirit, he'll, speak, he'll catch you off guard and just begin to speak to you about the Father and what the Father has for you. Is anybody out there this morning? He wants you to know. He wants you to know. He's not hiding from you. He wants you to know. He'll take what of mine is of mine and declare to you. I want to wrap up with this thought. Verse 19 of John 16 says, Now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him, and he said to them, Are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while you will not see me, and again in a little while you will see me. Most assuredly I say to you that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. He's talking about his coming death. The world will rejoice and be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. He's talking about his resurrection. 
And then he starts talking about, and this, this analogy has been used multiple times. Jesus uses it in scripture. He says, a woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she's given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and your joy no one will take from you. We're in the middle of birth pains. We were talking about that last week. In the middle of birth pains. <laughs> but great joy is coming. You can have... You can find your joy in the Lord in the middle of the sorrow. But there is also coming a day. We sang it about it this morning. We sang it about this morning where Jesus is coming back. And our eyes will see him. Until that day comes, this is your time to walk out all the Lord has promised for you. I'm going to ask you to stand. I'm going to ask the worship team to not yet come back, just to hang out. But I'm going to ask everyone to stand. Maybe Pastor Grace, you can come and just be available. That'd be great. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to do something just slightly different. Um, hallelujah. Can you just lift your hands where you're at?